0: Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me,
1: she's going to show me, it's Arturo Zurita. For the people who have not seen Midsommar, they're like, oh. That was an interesting transition. Uh, I'm excited to be here to talk about uh, movies, to talk about some TV shows. We had just talked about some of the best of the month, so I know I do want to, or best of the year, so I do want to bring that up in case nobody's seen it. Uh, We do have both of those videos up if you want to mention them.
0: Yeah, we got our best TV of the year so far and best movies of the year so far, both of them featuring Amanda the Jedi up on the Intercut YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercut pod. Uh, you can catch them in a combined audio podcast, so uh, make sure that you are caught up with those because we're talking about things that are, are some of the best to come out this year. A lot of them are available now, uh, whether it's rental or, or whatever, so uh, a lot of great stuff, and it's always fun when we get to actually talk about stuff we like. Uh, we'll yeah. be doing a little bit of that on this show, but more news, I think, on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we keep it tuned to the InterCut channel, where we'll, we're uploading a bunch of new stuff, including uh, Let Us Explain's on Toy Story Four
1: and Midsummer and Stranger Things season three. When uh, we're as, doing the podcast, people don't know. Where do I jump for spoilers, you know, and right, stuff like right. that? And people are listening in the car, and it's like, what are they going to do? Drive off the highway?
0: Yeah, <laughs> trying yeah, to make it a little bit easier, so. a little so, bit yeah. better of an audio experience and video experience hmm. for all of y'all, and more um,
1: content as well. So we're excited for all that stuff. But.
0: Exactly. So in a little bit, we're going to talk about the new 007, Elvis Presley, and David Fincher. But first, we're going to start the podcast the way we start every week: art. What have you been watching?
1: Besides somar multiple times, you no know, let the us house. explain. No reason to leave the house anymore, Zach. Dark season two. I finally finished it. It was during one of these recordings. Excuse me. Where I came out with that book. I don't even know where I left it. It's probably yeah, Zach the and,
0: diary or yeah. whatever.
1: Uh, I had no idea it was even from Netflix. I thought a time traveler had actually sent me a book. I opened this bad boy up, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to say. I showed it to Alina. She's like, that's from the show Dark. I've been asking you to watch this for the longest time. And I was like, yeah, you and Rihanna, just watch the show, watch the show, watch the show. I finally watch it. Bro, have you seen this show? <laughs> this show is insane. It's supposed to be three parts, so season one, two, and three, just like another one of our favorites, uh, Russian, Russian Doll, which is made with three seasons in mind. Uh, we're barely on our second one, so it's one of those things where it's like, oh, there's a lot to talk about, there's a lot you don't know, so it's like, you can't review a movie two-thirds of the way in. It is exhilarating. The way season two ends is akin to, as I've been telling you, season three of Lost, we have to go back. Right.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's probably the best comparison to make considering this is a show that involves time travel and mm-hmm. sci-fi elements and uh, people going missing and there's a lot of like interweaving storylines. It's You feel like Lost is the best comparison to make to uh, other shows that are out there? Uh,
1: with the mythology and the amount of rewatch value and the Easter eggs and stuff that they put, you know, I'm a best show of all time yeah uh people <laughs> one day i will defend its honor with the sixth season even though i truly believe it ends in the fifth but it, it is it is it's one of those shows where it being a german show some things do get lost in translation you, you ever mm-hmm. notice those things where you'll switch it to like the dub and the double say something that's different to the sub so yeah. you're at that point you're like which do i listen to because this is completely different meanings mm-hmm. especially when characters are going at it but uh yeah i, I i'm describing it like place beyond the pines if that was a time-traveling, Lost-like series, uh, yeah, uh, I've yet to find inconsistencies. There's two things that I'm concerned about, but props-wise, acting-wise, cinematography sound-wise, the audio on this thing and the story itself, it's incredible. It's very rare that I would compare something, again, to Lost, but this show, so far, has been living up to the hype. I highly recommend it. And it's one of those where you can get the entire show spoiled for you. And that's a good thing. <laughs> Cuz then you can finally go in there and understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I have been following this with a map of the lineages. And I tell you right now there's no other way to watch the show.
0: Yeah, I've I've kind of given up on avoiding spoilers for the show just because my understanding is it's so dense. I like it doesn't really matter. Like I've heard people talk about like mothers and daughters and stuff like that and it's just like Sure. sure, you know I, I need to. I need to see it. I guess uh, a lot of stuff going it. down in, in Germany on that mm-hmm. show. What about you? Uh, I'm also watching some stuff on Netflix. You know, Netflix has kind of done this interesting thing uh, this year in that they've debuted some new shorter programming. They've had a few different uh, seasons of television that are 15 minutes long. Uh, we've talked previously on this podcast about I think you should leave the sketch <laughs> show, which we both think is
1: very. Has this funny, ever those... happened to you? The amount of times I hear that because it's in my recommended. Has <laughs> this ever happened to you? Has <laughs> this ever happened to you? It's it's so funny and it,
0: it it's is. great because it comes in those like short fifteen minute bursts. Too, I never asked you, you what's
1: your favorite episode
0: of uh, I think you should leave.
1: Yeah, considering you're the one who got me addicted to it,
0: I think it. I want to say it's the fifth episode uh it's the one where they have the the imp the song uh where he thinks he's improvising a song and starts talking about uh the bones are their money they'll pull your
1: hair up but not out dude i hate that one so <laughs> i mean. love that one so much do you want to know what's the one well like i think my personal favorite is a receipt
0: yeah yeah so With it's Steve Young.
1: But the one that keeps... Oh, no, wait, no, no, no. my The hot dog one, one is
0: also one of my favorites.
1: Oh, who, who could have been driven it? You. It's a hot dog mobile, and you're dressed like a wiener. So is he. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> it's got the ketchup thing. Uh, the one that I've quoted the most, surprisingly, isn't my favorite. My favorite, well, actually, I've quoted them both. It's the uh, nachos. Did what? you just send him to go... What are you talking about? It's that reaction alone. The amount of times I've said that to Alina, where she'll just just be looking at me and she's just like, can you just say the what so we can move on with our lives? (laughs) But the other one is so strange. I don't know why I've quoted it so many times. A steering wheel that it doesn't fly off (laughs) when you were driving. I don't know why I quote that so much. Maybe it's because there's so many guys in Chicago who look like him. I just saw another one today. We're going to go. That's one of the
0: the most hilarious sketches. That's it's so surreal. It's so it's so
1: bizarre. You have to marry your mother now. You feel You have to marry your you mother. You flinched. You flinched. You have to. You have to. It's. I don't know why. I hated it. You
0: have no good car ideas.
1: I have seen 10. I am the cool one now. It makes <laughs> no sense, right? I hate you for me having seen that sketch so many damn times and quoting it every day. What are some of the other uh, short ones that you've been seeing? Okay,
0: so, uh, yeah, that's not even the thing I wanted to bring up. <laughs> Uh, But I'm always happy to talk more about I Think You Should Leave. Uh, I haven't seen Special yet, but I've heard some good things about it. Pretty good. Really abrupt
1: ending, though. Sorry?
0: Really abrupt ending. Oh, you saw it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I I haven't caught up with that one yet. The one that I have watched is Bonding. Have you seen Bonding yet? No. So, Bonding is just seven short episodes, 15 minutes each, like I was mentioning. Uh, It's a pretty fun show about a New York City grad student who works at night as a dominatrix and then enlists her gay BFF to kind of be her protection and bodyguard sort of thing. And, And the show just is... Oddly delightful in the way that it, it Explores like these weird Kinks and stuff it, it's definitely Not a show that you'd want to sit down and watch like With your parents for yeah. instance I, know, I mean I don't know how to judge your relationship That's just <laughs> mine But you know the, the I feel like a lot of shows Like these sometimes can revel In uh, the absurdity of The dominatrix kind of profession And it kind of it just It's more like Indulgent than funny. Exploiting I feel it, like yeah. it, the way they're able to balance it with personality. You know, uh, in on this show, Tiff, the student slash dominatrix, is studying psychology, so she's really coming at it from a from a perspective of this is part of uh, this. These things are based on you and something that happened to you or some way you feel. And uh, I feel like the the fact that the show makes time to actually like explore the inner lives of some of these characters really it's adds minutes, to the comedy. Yeah.
1: You would think that it would just be something uh, su- super lifeless, whatever the word is, and they, they wouldn't really like focus on it. Yeah. It's, it's actually sounding a lot more like uh, sex ed, sex education, which is also right. on Netflix. Yes. That ended up being something bigger than – It's like the, the than,
0: micro-sized version of sex ed. Of
1: that. That's interesting. See, I didn't catch the show because I was like I – I thought it was going to be 10 episodes, 55 minutes. I was like, I don't know if I have – Ten yeah. hours worth of time to put into this domination. No, thing. I mean,
0: that's what's great. You can just you can catch that in an afternoon. Fifteen just times seven. Uh, it's what an hour forty five. Trying to do the quick math.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, that's what Siri said. But yeah, no, I might actually catch it after this. I Anything do, else I you're do. watching? I know we brought up a lot of streaming. Do we have any movie? well
0: you know we talked about midsummer on mm-hmm. a Let us explain but that's one of movie that I've uh, watched recently I also watched Chernobyl I, I I'm a little late to the party hey, on Chernobyl wow i i wish right? i had seen that sooner uh mm-hmm. just a really well told perfectly paced docudrama in, in the way that it's able to recreate these events you know the one thing that threw me off and i tweeted about this uh was the British. english accents yeah. you know it's it kind of feels like they're outside of sussex or, or something yeah. but and, and maybe that's just because I have a Russian father. So everybody on the show spoke more clear English than my own dad. <laughs> <The> <laughs> but, like, hey, I know for a fact it's not like this. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, once I got past the accents, it, it you know, it's a really compelling show. I think they do a great job of balancing just the the severity of the situation and the human emotion with kind of like a procedural look at how things progressed moment to moment. What, when they encountered a problem, how they had to think through it and what the obstacles were and what the potential damage was. And, uh, you know, we talked about it on our best TV shows of the year so far, how the scariest thing in those first couple of episodes is the way that they're, uh, they're slow to embrace the fact that anything is wrong in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, just the consequence of events Is so clearly depicted I, I think it's a It's a stunning job by Craig Mazin I know some people have been like making fun of Oh this is the guy who also wrote the Hangover? Hangovers But you know it, it, That doesn't that doesn't mean you're not capable of doing something exactly. great Exactly
1: that's my thing he keeps going from like Cause I saw it and kind of yeah. like we were talking about with Midsommar halfway through I was like This is a, this is a comedy guys This is 100% a comedy They're like what are iodine pills? You're, what? That's like not having french fries at McDonald's. You're right next to... I mean, to it's a, that
0: line between tragedy and comedy that, that's practically, so Practically, and he
1: does it, yeah. I think he does a great job with it. What yeah. do you think of... And, and maybe there's a whole discussion that could be had with this. And I would love to have one of our... Well, I mean, technically you're Russian, I guess. But to have more Russian people on here. Have you heard about... Like, maybe we discuss this. Russia making... Their own version.
0: Yeah, we've talked about it. I, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show. But, I, you know, the Soviet Union at the time was, of course, very secretive, as they talk about on Chernobyl. And uh, Russia is still a country that doesn't like to admit fault. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that is, uh, oh, you didn't tell the truth, and how much of it is just posturing and trying to help put the blame elsewhere. One of the things they really do cover well on the show is the... Uh, unwillingness of the Soviet Union to to kind of put shame on themselves and yeah. admit that they've done wrong, uh, and I feel like that's it's more a case of that than yeah. anything
1: else. And now Russia's like, no, nah, no, nah, nah. First Creed, then Stranger Things, then na 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 na. I think someone you had said or someone had said is like they were just gonna blame America. Yeah, <laughs> he was gonna blame someone who wasn't even there.
0: Exactly. Uh, So that's what we, uh, we've been watching let us know what you've been Watching down in the comments below maybe we'll Talk about it on an upcoming show You can also send us an email at Intercutpod at gmail.com But for now we move on To yay or nay where we break down The latest happenings in entertainment Starting with uh, It was recently reported that five actors Were on the shortlist for the role of legendary Singer Elvis Presley in The new Baz Luhrmann biopic Those actors included Ansel Elgort Aaron Taylor Johnson, Harry Styles, and Miles Teller, however it was ultimately Austin Butler who won this role, I admit I had to look up Butler, he was a child actor on Ruby and the Rockets as well as Aliens in the Attic, Uh, but more recently he showed up as one of the teenagers in The Dead Don't Die and soon we'll be seeing him play the role of Tex, member of the Mason family. Or Man- Manson Family, excuse me, in uh-huh. Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, Art, yay or nay, Bass Lerman is making a good choice by choosing Butler over the four other names on that shortlist.
1: Yes, only because he's more unknown. A lot of people had said, yo, how are you not going for Miles Teller? It was an interesting riff when Miles Teller was trending that day because it was like, yo... You better get that. You better get Teller miles away from this role, and then, <laughs> then the people going like, if it's not Miles Teller, I don't know what else to tell you. And finding like his like Elvis cosplay almost type stuff, where he right, had right, right. the chin and everything. It, it comes down to who can give the best performance, but also that idea of it's, we would have seen Miles Teller. I don't yeah. know. I feel I feel like all of us just saw Leo as the Gatsby. You know. So. Right. It, it it's
0: I I like the idea of Butler because. Uh, it's easier to kind of not see the actor when you watch the biopic if he's more of an unknown. I mm-hmm. do am a little bit skeptical about this idea of a shortlist in which you put out like four fairly famous names and one not so famous name, and then the not so famous name gets chosen. Like, oh, see, he's he's on the level, you guys. Like, I, I, I don't know if that's. Oh, you're just saying some, like, it's a ploy. I, I I don't know. That might just be some. I like, thought
1: we always knew it was a ploy.
0: Yeah, it feels like it to me, at least. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I do think like one of the big stories that here was is, Tom Holland. <laughs> I, I feel like one of the big stories here is uh, Miles Teller, who who now is 0 for two when it comes to starring roles in musicals after losing out on La La Land. So. Uh,
1: I love how. What, what was the last thing he did? Just standing uh, the, for an he's hour. He's in
0: the Nick Reffin thing.
1: Yeah, just standing for an hour. Yeah. After hour and then before that what was it was it the wrestling movie we got knocked out almost yeah, feeling did that
0: bad for him he did that firefighter movie
1: I yo what happened in that fallout there's certain points when these movies come out where I'm more intrigued than in what happened with the fallout between him and um Damian. what's his name Damien than than anything else because this seems right. like We'll
0: end up talking about something uh, like that in our topic of the week, which we'll get to in a little bit. But first, uh, we've got some more yay or nays, including David Fincher, who hasn't made a movie in five years. But that should change soon as Variety reports that Netflix will fund the biopic Mank about legendary Hollywood writer Herman Mankiewicz, who wrote the script and won an Oscar for Citizen Kane. What's notable about Fincher's attachment to this project is that he originally wanted to make this film in the late 90s but couldn't get the studio to agree to shoot the film in black and white. Also interesting is that the script for Mank was written by Fincher's late father, who died in 2003. Gary Oldman is currently lined up to play Mankiewicz, but Art, yay or nay, you're excited that this is what Fincher is choosing for his next project.
1: Hmm. Because considered, in this is a guy who
0: yeah. was recently attached to World War Z2, attached to more uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo stuff. We're both super excited for more Mindhunter coming in August.
1: Yeah. Uh, and he was also one of the... I had just read uh, a big report when I was doing some of the Sony stuff, uh, his involvement with Jobs and how that fell through and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that just came back to mind because I've literally been recapping that. Uh, I want to say yay. Because he's yeah. a person who, if his heart is in it, he is in it, and and I think it might have been you who had put that emphasis on. If this is something he's held on for so long, why wouldn't he? Like this is something yeah. that that he would have learned his lesson by then if he was like, yeah, this isn't something I want to do. The fact that he's got an emotional attachment to it, the fact that you're telling me it's who is the lead?
0: Gary Oldman.
1: And we're dealing with Citizen Kane. I, I was just telling you I was watching, I was rewatching Superbad. That line hits so much different where they go. He peaked. Orson Welles peaked too fast. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, that tends to happen with a lot of directors. It's like you can't come out with a masterpiece right out of the gate because it's like you get burnt out too quick. So I'm kind of interested to see what angle he's going to take with this. And on top of that, like you said, he's got Mindhunter. He's got the robot show. He's got a couple of other things he's producing. So, yeah, I'm happy he got it.
0: Yeah, I'm just happy to be getting new Fincher. This isn't what I was expecting. And, you know, I I think if you want to be really pessimistic about it, it, your mind goes to Benjamin Button, which, while I don't think is a bad movie, is definitely like the least interesting, I mean, one of the least interesting things that Fincher has done. Have you at ever least.
1: seen Community? What? Community, the show Community.
0: Yeah, what about it?
1: Have you ever seen it? Of course. I just started watching it. I don't know why. We just started watching it, and they just don't care. Your know, Community was woke before it was cool to be woke? <laughs> First episode right off the gate. They're just calling out injustices. What was the first episode? 09? Oh, 2010 maybe? Something like that. And, and first season, they go, we shouldn't trust that person. Why not? They said Benjamin Button was entertaining. I was like, whoa! <laughs> right off the gate. Okay. So when Some you mentioned that, yeah, that it, it's, it's funny. Did we really not like Benjamin Button? I can't remember.
0: I, I think we were impressed with Benjamin Button because Old Man Baby is really cool. But, it was a stupid
1: idea. Can we all agree? And we all took it to the Oscars and everything. Was this yeah. before or after Zodiac?
0: I think this was after Zodiac.
1: So you're giving him a pass. <laughs> yeah. Ex-
0: I mean, look, when you when you make Fight Club and you make uh, the Social Network and you and make seven. Zodiac and you make Gone Girl, y-
1: you get a couple. And Alien Resurrection. Buttons. You end up. Yeah, you do end up getting a couple here and there. Alien Cubed. But I, I, again, what do you think? Are you excited for it?
0: I'm excited for anything new from Fincher, so oh, yes. Okay. Uh, and like I mentioned on Twitter, you know, it, he's evolved a lot as a filmmaker since that time. So that he's still holding on to this project makes me feel like there's enough there that it's worth returning to. Uh, yeah. The The idea that he's going to shoot it in black and white, his films are always very striking. So that interests me. I'm here for it. Sounds good. You may recognize actress Lashana Lynch from her role as Maria in Captain Marvel. The actress was previously announced as part of the cast for Bond 25. However, new reports suggest that Lynch will take over the role of 007 from Daniel Craig after the forthcoming spy film. Art, yay or nay, this rumor renews your interest in Bond. You want to
1: know what renewed my interest in Bond?
0: Carrie Fukunaga? Fleabag
1: season and him
0: oh uh uh, phoebe waller bridge
1: why didn't you tell me about her before
0: yo you you should know you've been known about phoebe never mentioned she's been in solo your
1: life no she wasn't in solo she was a robot in solo okay and she had the worst parts and now i'm realizing that it's one of those things where it's like ah regina hall is hilarious Mm -hmm. but if you put her in the wrong movie and they cut around her and they don't edit her jokes right She's not as funny. Mm-hmm. They just butcher it. Same thing with with Phoebe. Yo, seasons one into a flea bag. Yeah, dude. Why haven't you ever mentioned it? Like you've that, never brought it up, not once. Because not you still haven't accident.
0: watched Barry, bro.
1: <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you have. I'm just. <laughs> she's writing Bond twenty five, and I'm pretty sure it's just for the female characters because they got like three Bond. Yeah, I don't know if one, she's but... doing
0: a full rewrite or just yeah. kind of like doing a punch up. But regardless, but getting her hands on that. I mean, keep in mind, she's also the person who created Killing Eve, which is getting a lot of great reviews, although I know yes. uh, I haven't seen it. I don't think you've seen That's it
1: crazy. either. Uh, we saw season one, and okay. Alina adores it.
0: Yeah, so everybody is on the Phoebe, Waller- Phoebe Waller-Bridge hype chain right now. Uh, that is I, definitely a reason yeah. to be into Bond 25. I, I The other one, no, though, for me. I'm more into this idea, not so – like. I do think it's cool that we're going to get, potentially get a 007 that doesn't look like the traditional 007, but I'm also just excited at the idea of an actual passing of the torch in a franchise that, for the most part, has basically pretended that the other movies don't exist. True. Uh, My thing with this is I just,
1: I don't feel like it's going to happen. That's it. Who's the actor again?
0: Lashana Lynch. She was uh, the other.
1: Oh, wait, you're telling me he's going to be a female.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the other. Uh, fighter pilot in captain marvel
1: and she's black yeah so you're telling me we also know to idris Elba, who i'm still i don't care it just he said no
0: to james bond
1: oh he did oh that's even sexier never mind then that's dope (laughs) he said no Said no thank you he said y'all took a little too long what jordan peele say about the marvel people they can put my number (laughs) away uh i don't that's a big change yeah. I'm more intrigued because I don't care for James Bond like that. It, we yeah. always just asked the aerial question, too. They're like, what do you think about that? I was like, does, does the original still exist? Then I don't care. Make whatever. Yeah. If she can sing, she can sing. It's going to be the whatever dumb narrative comes up from it and yada, 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 yada. That's yeah. going to just be entertaining to see uh, concave into itself, especially mm-hmm. if the movie ends up being incredible. And that's my biggest concern, is the amount of pressure that get, that that gets put on, you know? It's like at that point as the screenwriters of the entire production, um, Kaepernick style there, right? Now, now a team has to deal with all this extra media attention to it. And that does have to play a part when you're writing the narrative, I would say. Would you disagree? Uh, I mean, it definitely,
0: like... It puts the movie in. It shouldn't.
1: Yeah, it shouldn't it puts have expectations to. Expectations on. Yeah, a it's thing. like it needs to try twice. It can't just be good, right. even though I personally feel all of the James, all, The majority of the James Bond movies are just good. It has to be like better than Skyfall, right? Or like, else they're, they're going to consider it a failure or something.
0: Yeah, and there's certain benchmarks that uh, the movies expected to hit because they've made certain. It doesn't make a certain much. amount
1: of money. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I was like, is that all worth it? I don't know. I mean, it is worth it if you're trying to make a change, but is it better to just create an original character and
0: outgross? We've seen this thing happen over and over, whether it's like the uh, relaunched Ghostbusters or Mm -hmm. or other film franchises that have gone in more progressive directions, that sometimes that whatever the movie does at the box office ends up being, uh, you know the story of how people feel about women in movies When yeah. I don't know if that's uh, fair to any movie True. the live action Barbie movie starring Margot Robbie has a new pair of writers Greta Ber- Gerwig and Noah Baumbach have signed on to co-write the movie for Warner Brothers and additionally Gerwig is being considered for director art yay or nay you like the idea of Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie
1: Gregorio's Barbie movie or A24's version of life size cuz that's what I just heard. I mean that
0: that could be one in the same.
1: How is you What?
0: This, I, this is like a the a best timeline scenario if you Yeah, no no no,
1: that's why I don't believe it.
0: Yeah, like I I I did not need this thing in my life and now I need it more than most things in my life.
1: Wow. It's like when the Lego movie where it was like ugh and then we saw it and we're like what (laughs) give me more of that i thought this was supposed to be a commercial right that's interesting i'm all for that
0: all right so that's it for yay or nay let us know if there's other topics we should cover in the comments down below or as we mentioned you can always email us intercutpod at gmail.com and reach out through social media that's facebook that's twitter that's instagram at intercutpod Uh, we are going to get to the interview. We just got one question here in the interview, although Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw in one of my own because I uh, realized I probably should have earlier. So we got something from Kevin Padro who emailed us to say, Hey guys, I was looking through the comments on Midsummer's Instagram and saw some people complaining about demonizing their tradition and holiday. Also calling the movie anti-white and anti-European. Just wanted to see your thoughts on the whole thing. Art?
1: Uh, well, we had just recently had this discussion. Check out the uh, Let Us Explain on Uh, It was originally pitched by Swedes. Right. That's yeah. the short answer to it. Uh, I have heard this coming out a lot. It's like, oh, you're demonizing. I was like, no, it was actually sw- Swedish. It was a Swedish company that asked them, can you make something like this? Because there actually is a 2003 film already called Midsomar that is about... A guy named Christian <laughs> whose sister commits suicide and ends up going with his friends over to Sweden where it turns out there may be crazier things going on. I feel that the uh, producers of B Real Films probably had that movie as like, you know, growing up or whatever yep. it was. So they reached out and they ended up reaching out to Ari. Ari eventually takes it and says like, all right, but I got to make my own script with him, which is why, as we talked... The horror elements are our least favorite parts of the movie. It's mm-hmm. what Ari brought to the table, which was like, okay, you want the bullet points of, like, a Slatcher film? Which, again, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure these guys saw Midsummer and were like, could you please make this? Because really, yeah. when it comes to the whole festival, that's cool. It's there. But it was really a relationship movie. So I don't see it as that. The same way I don't see any... Okay, New York gets attacked all the time in every movie. People still live right. there.
0: Right. The, it's a movie that... Is setting up a scenario that's not necessarily meant to reflect a larger community. In fact, they go out of their way to say like this is just how one village does it, and there's yeah. lots of different uh, places and different villages. Mm-hmm. And oh, this is similar to how these people do it, uh, mm-hmm. but these they go out of the way to be like these are remote people. Yeah, you know it's. I think there's a history in film of kind of exoticizing foreign people and normally we we do that to people we don't know a lot about middle eastern people yeah middle
1: eastern people should feel the worst about this they're the ones who get the crappiest end of the stick when it comes to it not saying that like sweden shouldn't be upset either but but no no but like it's it's different
0: though because it's it's it is right it's not it's not coming from the perspective of kind of othering them yeah i i feel like it's sort of like a an inversion of some things that we feel like are familiar but aren't because I I think we have this picture of uh Swedish and Scandinavian people as very like docile and friendly. It, yeah. I, I feel like it's it's kind of like get outing them in a weird mm-hmm. way. And I don't think uh it's any more anti white than get out is, which yeah. also is not anti white in case yeah. that that was that's was an confusing.
1: interesting one. Anti white <laughs> Like I, I, got the Sweden part. I was like, "Hey, you making Sweden look bad? Rocky's in jail over there right now. <laughs> Y'all haven't let ASAP out, so you know there's other things going there." But it's like anti-white. What do
0: you th-? Yeah, they're they're making themselves look bad they, on their own. Not they killed the whitest
1: side. person I could possibly think of who's in movies right now. Actually, both of them. Jack Reyner has got <laughs> red hair. First of all, yeah. and then uh, what's his name? Will Poulter. I ain't, I ain't gonna talk about no anti-white movie when Will Poulter gets Nah. We're not talking about that.
0: Uh, I'm going to throw in one question of my own here Because you brought it up I forgot to put it in our rundown But uh, Ariel is black now And some people on the internet uh, Don't like that But a lot more people don't like that Some people don't like that Uh, Any any thoughts in general And uh, any idea whether or not They're going to try and find a role for Halle Berry In this thing now
1: Uh, I'm still excited about the talk around what Ursula is going to be. Uh, We had a bunch of discussions and comments coming in about how Ursula was, in fact, based off of a drag queen and are they going to embrace those aspects of it and Mm -hmm. things like that. So when you're talking about uh, the Little Mermaid Ariel, a a creature of the sea, being black, first of all, I I haven't even really seen a picture of the actress and I don't know any of the other stuff that she's been in, but as Mm -hmm. we were talking about before, personally when it comes to acting... I love it when you're making a really big film, and you could just find you know people who aren't as famous. I think that was one of the things that really stuck with us in Aladdin when it came to it. Uh, There's a lot to criticize in Aladdin, but I liked that the performances were like, okay, you can be Aladdin.
0: Mm -hmm. My my, that's Will Smith, though. (laughs) My least favorite criticism of just about like any movie is. so-and-so didn't look like him right here uh, that's usually something that we see when there's like a biopic like you know uh, we were just talking about elvis and there might be a criticism that this guy butler oh he doesn't look like elvis well but that's not really the point that's not the point and fine like maybe she doesn't look like the ariel that you know but like what who cares like that's not mm-hmm. the point this is different and it, it i think the idea of going in this direction also maybe unburdens it from the idea of it has to be like the original. You know, I think uh, right example, now you're lo- we're looking at Lion King which is about to come out. We haven't seen it yet as of this recording, I mean, but we it's saw getting it. all these comparisons to the 1994 version yeah. because it's playing it so similar to the 1994. Exactly.
1: Version. And it's getting crapped on for that.
0: Yeah. So
1: Oh, we didn't want this aerial, we wanted the original aerial. Gets the original aerial. This is just the same thing. I feel like there's always going to be a complaint, and I loved what you have brought up. It's the uh, trending thing. Why is this video trending? It says 25,000 people, thus causing the thing to become even more trending. Uh, when it came to a lot of the criticisms, yeah, it's a lot more people complaining about people complaining than people actually complaining. One of the big things being that one viral post that Alina had to show me once before I went, this is clearly fake. That's a woman's hand or it was a man's hand off of an actual YouTube video that was reviewing the movie. That got screenshot that didn't even match the per. It was like this whole thing of the person complaining about this isn't my aerial. And it's like, that's not even your picture (laughs) that you took. It was a fabricated account made to start. hate. I don't know how we haven't gotten used to it. Uh, I mean, there's which a thing is its own
0: co- weird thing too. Which, which is, is its, its own weird
1: exists. thing, and then them trying to play it off as like, well, the onion exists, so we could just continue doing the same thing. I saw season two of Dear White People, and they did it in that show, so I'm just causing uh, controversies or whatever else. And it's like, but what do you do other than that? Right, right. Because you just gave more promo for the movie, if anything. Uh, yeah.
0: So uh, that's basically it for interview make sure to leave us a question in the youtube comments or by emailing us or reaching out on social media intercut pod intercut pod at gmail uh you can also uh oh yeah intercut pod is pod that's short for podcast that's the thing that i normally say there be an intercutie and send us your movie tv and entertainment questions we move on to our topic of the week and it's Big Little Lies as well as real life drama. New episodes of Big Little Lies have been airing on HBO for a few weeks now. And although a majority of audiences have given the new season a thumbs up, there have been aspects of the show people comment on from the large amount of credited editors to the sparse 40 minute something runtimes of the episodes. Some things felt off. Really? Uh, yeah. They've been short. Uh, Mm-hmm. A new IndieWire report suggests that this is all the result of a behind-the-scenes drama involving season two director Andrea Arnold. After Arnold shot all of season two, control of the show's final edit was taken from her and given to season one director Jean-Marc Vallée in the, in the hopes of making the show feel more like it did in that first season. We'll get to Big Little Lies in just a little bit, but Art, I want to start with this. How do you feel about going into a movie or a TV show, anything like that, when you know that there's real life drama going on behind the scenes?
1: If it hurts the initial story, I hate it. It to me, it does. I've never, you know, I'm very vocal about this. The death of the author. You know, I'm not like a big fan of that because, first of all, if your opinion needs to be validated to the point that your phrase is killing the author, let's just put them in the sideline. Right. Death of the author. It's like I don't know about that. So. It does come into play. Mm -hmm. Zach, especially when it's a show about women and you (laughs) finally bring a female director and you tell her, okay, okay, um, where's that dude? Where's that guy with the penis? Can we bring him back? I think they're also scared after True Detective season two and they were like, well, that was a completely different, um, can we make three just one again? Did it work? It worked? Okay. Uh, So this looks a little bit different than what originally made Big Little Lies. Yeah, I know he's doing Sharp Objects. Let's bring him back. How disrespectful does that that need to be? To be on the reshoots? What was it, like 15 hours worth of reshoots or something? Yeah. And you're being told how to direct? Right. It's
0: it's really bizarre that it's putting uh, a really great director, Andrea Arnold, the woman behind American Honey and Fish Tank, and, and kind of... Subjugating her to this process Because if you read the IndieWire article Part of the problem was apparently There was no communication between her And Jean-Marc Vallet Prior to shooting season 2 Which Why just seems like be? setting themselves up for failure
1: But is that what they wanted?
0: I I don't know Because, you know, and- okay. Andrew Arnold Has a particular style Yeah, and- I've seen American Honey, try telling her to cut Right, exactly <laughs> uh, And, you know, what, what's kind of crazy About all of this is that It's she she's actually delivered what I think is a really compelling show. I think the the performances are just off off the charts this season. Uh, And and that's somehow in this repackaged form. Uh, But yeah. I mean, like, to, to zoom out a little bit, you know, there are more gross and upsetting versions of this whole, like, idea of real-life drama. You think of something like uh, Tango in Paris, where uh, Maria Schneider alleged that uh, they she was sexually assaulted for one of the famous scenes for that movie. And that's, but that's, I feel like, a very different case, because... Big Little Lies is more of a creative dispute about network a network vision rather than yeah Shelley that's Duvall personal. in The Shining yeah it's a little bit exactly, different <laughs> exactly exactly um, but that's another good example of like you know do, does emotional distress to an actor make you re-examine a performance which like that that's one of the iconic horror performances of all time and yep. it it really kind of messed up Shelley Duvall
1: yep he messed up Shelley Duvall when y'all ready to talk about that let me know. Uh, the other one being though, it's like Fantastic Four when that came out and Josh and people going like, oh, you see, it was all Josh Trank. And then Josh Trank going like, nah, like it can't all, it can't be me. But then also I didn't shoot a third of this movie. So which is it? Right. Um, And like
0: trying to examine for what bits are his and what bits aren't. I know a lot of people were doing that in the wake of Solo coming out, like looking uh, for the Lord and Miller. What
1: was Lord and Miller's? What was Snyder's and the Justice League? Yes.
0: So for me, that's a much more fun version of this like real life drama to try and attribute different elements of a thing. Uh, It it kind of makes you play the role of detective, although it does kind of remove you from just experiencing the thing i think you can still
1: do both i think you and i do a good job at doing both yeah you can watch it and be like all right this is for what this is but at the same time look at what happened over here i think a lot of the times whenever the experience that you're having cannot be reached or you can tell that what they were going for couldn't be touched then that makes you go why though Then you come over here and it answers a lot of questions. I also believe that that's important because it adds a lot to a movie. Watching Late Night, again, knowing that Mindy Kaling's mom passed away from lung cancer, makes her Mm. entire bit in the movie where she has a lung cancer, uh, a a stand-up comedy charity event for lung cancer because her father in the movie passed away from it. That hits a little different, you know? It's like, okay, you wrote this movie. This this means something to you. Um, Right. And, and in the same manner, when you get to something like this, uh, it could take away, it could add to it. According to you, you still like this version.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, there are moments where you see some cracks in the veneer, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly the end of episode five ends in a way that I'm 100% sure nobody intended it for it to, intended for it to end. Okay. There's like a weird fade. That's the thing right here. Fa- okay, yes. That's There's what I want to talk about. There's a fade to black, and it it's clearly they're cutting a scene off before they yes. meant to cut the scene off. I, th- there are moments where maybe then it does feel a little more. I feel like the best word is like amateurish, like they just didn't get it done right. But I don't feel like those moments define the season. They've been few and far between for me.
1: When you notice that that sequence that you were talking about was that before or after the article?
0: I mean I noticed that it was kind of strangely edited before mm-hmm. but I didn't know what to attribute it to I didn't quite and, and we talked about the fact that there are oh, no, like no. 12 Th- that's editor that's why the Indie
1: wire article like I was like huh because yeah. that's my thing if you talked about there the being sea- like 12 yes.
0: editors on an episode and how bizarre that is because yeah. usually you get like one two maybe three. And I had just
1: finished watching an episode that cut with like like a like it went to it cut on the climax, which I was like, this man just really cut on the climax of the episode. Uh, That though, if you had already noticed it before your answer, the article comes out. I feel like you've already noticed it. What I don't like, and I want to ask you a bigger question after this is, if after the article comes out oh yeah that's right I yeah I knew oh my goodness yeah It's like I see I knew that yes. it wasn't good it's a, that's when to me it's like you're just going with a train type of thing
0: yeah because you guys Cause, did so, mention
1: these things to me and it was interesting to go it was like hey this is exactly what you guys were talking about you noticed it here's the answer because we do that with a lot of movies and I and I and I just wait I get called you're, you're full of it and then the article comes out I was like oh hey, well that's right I guess I was right. right and
0: it is super disappointing to see like th- a bunch of people sort of change their tone yeah. Uh, once we learn this type of They forgot to delete
1: the earlier tweets, though. The yeah. earlier review, though. That's what's weird to me. Yeah. Because now, now what gets bigger clicks was, well, the season two reviews weren't getting it. But this one does. And mm. now the extra emphasis of what really should be concerned of, like, this is kind of ironic, a female director being bossed right. around for a female show becomes, we really had no problem with the show, but... We're going to overemphasize this. and Yeah, that's when I really have an issue, which brings me back to the bigger question. Is that an epidemic we have now because of how fast news travels in social media? Has this not been the case forever? Reshoots have happened for all of eternity, but now we go, oh, there's reshoots? Homie, Those reshoots on the Ten Commandments starring Charleston Heston probably. So what do you right. think about that?
0: I, I do think there is a uh, – we have a – I don't know if it's a media literacy problem Or a media communication problem in that when things like reshoots get reported, uh, we interpret them to mean a lot of things that they don't necessarily mean. Mm -hmm. I I think a lot of times, you know, there are aspects to film production that are done for specific reasons and and it doesn't necessarily... Indicate something nefarious. A lot of people talked about it's been big, *Big Little Lies* specifically that there were behind-the-scenes like paparazzi photos of Reese Witherspoon throwing an, an ice cream cone at Meryl Streep, and they got to that that scene, and the ice cream cone was never thrown. So people are like, "Oh, they cut it out. Like, why would they cut it out? Uh, what's this weird like editing here?" It's possible that they just tried something and decided it didn't work. We yeah. don't know what they meant there. It, it could have just been like they did a fun take for a blooper. Like, this, these things happen, you know? I, I just... I, the the idea that we know everything because we get a detail... Yeah. ...is the frustrating part of when, asp- when things like this come to light. I think the whole Andrea Arnold situation with Big Little Lies it informs how you can watch season 2 of big little lies it it tells me about why that cut feels like it's misplaced but it doesn't entirely change the production which was worked on by lots of different people
1: yeah true i mean if the story who wrote it
0: david e kelly he's a long time tv guy yeah he wrote season 1 as well as long uh, as and the he story writes is every there, single yeah. episode
1: interesting i I mean as long as the story is still there then that's great i can see why you know like yeah throws an ice cream and it's like why wasn't that in there we automatically assume it's bad and then an article like this comes out and then we feel we have a reinforcement yes you see it's like you you ever have someone open up the bible to you and be like you see i found the verse oh you just go ignore the entire first half and you found the one verse that says yeah it's it's that confirmation bias Exactly. I mean, it's an interesting case because, I mean, we were just working on a Men in Black video where yeah. it was it just like um, Dark Phoenix. After the fact, after the failures of it financially and everyone seeing it, you then get all the reports that come out, right? Like
0: Yeah, everybody I, immediately rushes yeah. to say like, oh, this production was doomed production
1: the production was through whatever. whatever and a and, and majority of the time, it's like once the producer comes out and has to apologize... All right, then there's one where they've admitted it themselves, right? Yeah. Amazon execs getting fired and stuff like that. Yeah. The this Sony like Simon execs, Kinberg, say, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, when Simon Kingberg said, said that, which he's a writer more than anything, uh, but more so when in Men in Black, the executive himself said, "Yeah, there needed a, there needed to be a better reason for this movie to exist." That's yeah. when you know that there's a problem. Right. When you see F. Gary Gray in the interviews going like, "So how was your movie? Oh, my movie." Because uh, my cut of the movie ain't here, that's not what y'all see it. Uh, that's when it's sort of like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it hurts. Yeah. It has, has. Has there been any reports from what Arnold has said herself?
0: Uh, there haven't been like stuff in things said in the press. I believe mm-hmm. IndieWire reported that she is devastated that the show was taken away from her. I believe devastated was the word. That to that me is they kind they of used. important
1: because it's like, what do we want? Because again, and it, I don't know. because ah, that brings another question. Can yeah. we separate the art from the artist if something yeah. like this, you know, does I mean, hurt you?
0: There, the other sort of interesting aspect to this is Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon are both producers of the show. Both of them, as well as the other main women on the show, have been promoting the show a lot and seem to still really believe in it and uh, want it to succeed. But they all have have said nothing but positive things about Andrea Arnold. So I I don't know. Uh, I think really there's still more know. to be said.
1: You recommend the show though.
0: I would absolutely recommend the show. You know, I, there are elements of it. I said that, like I said, that have feel a little bit pasted together. But you've got so much talent there. It's got one of my favorite Meryl Streep performances in quite some time. Dude,
1: you guys have been hyping up this performance. I just see the group chat, and I was like, ah.
0: Wait. Her, not to mention her, Laura Dern, Reese Witherspoon. They're they're really good. Shailene Woodley is kind of blowing me away this year. I did not know she was quite so good as an actress. So
1: really, you never saw Diversion.
0: Uh, So those are our thoughts on the uh, big little lie scenario. And when real life drama meets screen performances, I don't know. uh, Let us know what you think about these situations in the comments down below. We're going to get to our final thing in the new to see. It's the pick for the week where we
1: recommend something for you all to watch. Art, what's your pick for the week? You already know what it is. One, uh, for the timing of the episode in theaters, since it should be expanding a little bit more from its whopping Zach, whopping Count four theaters, four. all right? The Farewell. It should be expanding into a couple more theaters. I would highly recommend. Go check it out. I think it's a very interesting movie. Uh, if you can't find it in your area, then stay at home and watch this bad boy on Netflix called Dark. Those are my two picks of the week.
0: Dope. Uh, I'm not going to be very original here. I'm also going to go with The Farewell in theaters. It might be my favorite movie of the year. It really as is. You mentioned. As you mentioned, it's expanding. Uh, it's a really great movie. It's. I'm recommending it now because if you don't get to see it this weekend, just make sure it's you on your radar. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, uh, uh, listen to the American...
0: This American Life podcast episode. Uh, Lulu Wang did a segment for This director. American Life. Uh, she's the director and writer of The Farewell. And it's the same story as the movie. It's not going to ruin your experience of the movie. because It's going to enhance other... it. No, no,
1: it's going to enhance your movie.
0: It's they each each have their own tone, but it gives you a little bit more of the story. I I, I love both the podcast episode and the movie, so highly recommend them both. And my streaming recommendation, uh, I'll go with what I was mentioning earlier, Chernobyl. I was just gripped from start to finish with this show, especially in the beginning. The uh, second episode, which is just kind of like a moment by moment, yeah. how are we going to stop and the a way nuclear apocalypse? Ooh. Yeah, it, it's it's one of the highlights of the year. So definitely check out Chernobyl. You watched it on
1: your Motorola uh, Razer like you were supposed to, right?
0: Exactly. I, I watched it on uh, <laughs> my my Apple Watch that I'm not wearing.
1: Can you imagine?
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are our picks for the week. Let us know what you're watching, and uh, thanks for tuning in. It's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxed at Z That's at Z. S-H-E-V, as in for Vendetta, I-C-H. And check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Art, Where can people find more
1: from you? You can find me at the Let Me Explain channel. It's got a Twitter page as well. And on top of that, all of the A to Z show stuff. If you want to follow me on my own personal thoughts and things that I'm doing, we got some interesting stuff happening for the A to Z show as well. Uh, but if all of that is too confusing and you're like, I don't care about any of that stuff, you can find me here every week on The Intercut.
0: Yeah, you can listen to every episode of the intercut podcast on iTunes on SoundCloud on your favorite podcatcher I like overcast and then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast But to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel YouTube.com slash intercut pod where you can catch our bright smiling faces as we break down the latest in Entertainment find new episodes of intercut every Thursday and please leave us a comment like the videos Consider going to iTunes and give us a mm-hmm. five star review. I've seen that a couple of you have a uh, push that five star button, but, hey. but just a couple a couple nice words, I just like hey, I, I like you guys. That 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 lift my soul. You know, i it'd make me happy. So if you want to brighten my day, please leave us that five star review on Apple Podcasts, like appreciate our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. All of them are at InterCut Pod to get updates throughout the week from Art, from me. From all the guests that we have here on Intercut, thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, teacher's pet.
1: But I really thought you were going to do the <laughs>